Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighter's Fury inside the heart of a champion. With your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790 The Ticket. We'll start off today's show. We got a big matchup tonight. XFN 21 is going down at the Coral Springs Marriott Convention Center. XFN 21, these guys are doing a really cool thing. They are trying to raise money for the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas wrestling team. So we are going to go out to the guest line to start off today's show. One of the feature fighters on tonight's card is Wagner Rocha. He is going to be fighting in a combat jiu-jitsu match. Uh, this thing is a is a thing that's really sweeping the grappling world. Add a little different flavor to the traditional art of jiu-jitsu. Wagner, the former UFC fighter, longtime jiu-jitsu practitioner, is passionate about. So, let's go to the Ryan Fields and Downstairs Convenience Stores guest line. Truly steps beyond convenient. You got some MMA action tonight, some combat jiu-jitsu action tonight. XFN 21 is going on in Coral Springs. It is going on tonight. At the Coral Springs Hotel Convention Center, you guys can get your tickets at xfnfights.com. And they're doing a cool thing tonight. They're raising funds for the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas wrestling team. And joining us on the line, Wagner Rocha from uh, XFN is going to join us doing some a combat jiu-jitsu match tonight against Alex Marin. Uh, thanks for the time, Wagner. Really appreciate it, man. Oh, my pleasure, man. I'm glad to, I'm glad to be part of this. And I, uh, I thank you guys for, uh, you know, helping these guys uh, get this event together and, uh, you know, spread the word. Well, this is this is really cool. I um I'm excited to to check this out tonight. I haven't seen combat jujitsu before. Uh, I've I've heard Eddie Bravo talk about it like on Joe Rogan before, and he said like he they think this could be like the next very big popular thing. So, when did you get into the idea of combat jujitsu, and do you like this variation of it? Uh, yeah, I do. Just because I I think uh, jujitsu is a is a really amazing martial art. It's uh easily the you know the strongest martial art of all the martial arts you know individually it was already been proven you know the early ufc's you know the the, the gracie family was able to prove that uh, jiu-jitsu is the most efficient martial art that there is you know you know if you separate all the martial arts you know now of course these guys do mixed martial arts today because you, you have a combination of you know the striking the wrestling the the grappling you know but if you divide each individual martial art uh, jiu-jitsu is superior uh, to all and uh what this adds to jiu-jitsu is it adds, you know, the, the, the essence of hitting, you know, which is what somebody would do if you were in a fight. You know, if somebody were to, you know, were to attack you, you know, you'd be able to use jiu-jitsu with the essence of striking them, which, you know, in a, in a regular grappling tournament, there isn't any of that. And this really kind of adds that element uh, that could, you know, make the difference uh, in the martial arts. And I uh, I think it's a, it's a, it's a good, uh, it's definitely a, a, a good thing for, for the sport. When you heard about the variation of the sport, were you into it at first? Because you've done mixed martial arts at the highest levels, uh, of course, but, um, you know, you obviously have a grand, uh, great respect for jiu-jitsu. So were, were you into this kind of spin-off of it, or did, were you resistant at first? No, I actually, I, I was uh, definitely favored 
uh, the idea. I thought that was a great idea, and uh, I thought it was awesome uh, right from the get-go because I, I've always felt that uh, jiu-jitsu was uh, taking a backseat uh, on the self-defense of the martial art, you know, of the essence of knowing how to use the art for fighting, you know. And, uh, you know, because of the fact that I did fight at the highest level in MMA, I was able to implement my jiu-jitsu in all my fights because I knew how to do that. You know, I knew how to, you know, use it uh, efficiently to, to you know, you know, control someone and also have to, you know, finish them if I have to, you know. And um, a lot of people lose that essence uh, because they do uh, grappling events and there is none of that urgency to you know, strike and, and look for submissions at the same time. So, yeah, I, I, I was, I was about, I was all about it the first time I heard about it. And uh, I thought it would be great um, fit for me and also for the, the community. Well, you can check it out tonight. XFN 21. It's going down tonight. The Marriott Coral Springs Hotel Convention Center. Wagner Roche is taking on Alex Marin in a, in a combat grappling match, uh, which sounds a lot of fun. There's also uh, a bunch of fights going on. Mixed martial arts fights as well. 13 on the card, four combat jujitsu matches, that are going as well. So, is this an easy thing to to train for, Wagner? Like, are are you normally just focusing on your grappling, or do you have to find partners that want to do combat jujitsu in the in the gym? Uh, I make it pretty easy because I don't I don't dismantle my my training partners. Basically, I, I keep it moving, you know, and I and I I, I eye down to where I would should be and where I shouldn't be. And um, and I make it interesting and, and, and fun for the people I train with, so it's not uh, you know terrifying. But um, you know when I fight, it's terrifying you know for the person who I'm going against because I can see it in their in their expressions, the way they act, the way they move. It's different, you know. It changes the game, and people don't get that until they really get involved in trying to, to train for something like this. They realize like, oh man, this is this is a, something else, you know. This is a, another level, and uh, it's. It just, it, it, I, I, like I said, I make it fun, you know, so I don't really, uh, it's not hard for me to drag people into to training with me for this. Where, where did the passion for, for jiu-jitsu come from for you? Um, you know, I always, as a kid, always, uh, I grew up in, in some bad neighborhoods, and I always enjoyed fighting, to be honest. And um, when I got um, my first um, taste of jiu-jitsu, I, uh, I realized, like, this is what I wanted to do, and then I eventually saw uh the ufc on tv you know on its early days and uh it just caught me man i just it made me want to do that you know made me want to fight and uh i you know started pursuing and training and consistently chasing that dream until you know the dream became reality and now the reality is it is the dream you know well absolutely man we're looking forward to seeing it tonight again guys Go get your tickets, xfnfights.com. Tickets are available there. It's going out at the Marriott Coral Springs Hotel Convention Center. Wagner Roach just taking on Alex Marin in uh, combat grappling, but there's also 13 mixed martial arts uh, fights as well. It's it's pretty awesome. If you're if you're a combat fan, you're going to get in the whole smorgasbord tonight. Another awesome thing that they're doing, they're raising funds for the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas wrestling team, so right there in the in the local community trying to do an awesome thing uh, and, and, and a good way to reach out. Wagner, thanks for the time, man. I really appreciate it and looking forward to watching it tonight. Thank you, man, and I'm excited. I hope uh, people come out and they see, you know, that the XFN is putting on this event, and uh, they're doing it for the right reasons. You know, people people need to get behind things like this and and help, uh, you know, you know, help others. You know, that's that's what this world is missing today is is, is another hand landing another hand to another. You know, absolutely, so, man. Well, well, well put. Opportunities are there. Well put, man. Well put. So get on out there, guys. 
XFN 21 tonight. Doors open at 5.30, so you guys can check that out. The Marriott Coral Springs Hotel Convention Center. Go to xfnfights.com to get your tickets. Wagner, thanks for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you, my brother. Really appreciate the time there from from Wagner and uh, him letting some time. So, yeah, we'll look forward to being out there tonight at the uh, the Coral Springs Marriott Convention Center. XFN 21 is going down. Now, we had a full slate yesterday of boxing, mixed martial arts, bare-knuckle boxing, YouTube stars boxing. It was all going down yesterday. I mean, holy hell, the whole gamut was run. Uh, so we'll get into all that. We'll dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. We come back on Fighters Fury right after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's Fighters Fury here on The Ticket. So, yeah, like we said, we have a very, very busy thing to get to uh, today. A lot of stuff going down. As we, It felt like we had a very slow few weeks here on the show as far as fights were concerned. And yesterday, a little bit of everything that was going down. So we had UFC Lincoln, which we'll get to in a second. We had ESPN Boxing, Jose Pedraza dropping Ray Beltran late in that fight. He ends up winning the WBO lightweight title. Well, the reason that's a big deal, he set himself up for a matchup with Lomachenko coming up in December. So that was a huge win, sick knockout or sick knockdown in the 11th round. Uh, step back, uppercut, put Ray Beltran on the canvas. Uh, really, really, really impressive showing by him yesterday. And then also we had Beck Rawlings, the former UFC uh, women's fighter. She was back in the ring doing bare knuckle FC2 and was able to win a split decision to retain her title as the bare-knuckle women's champion. I suppose that's what the division is. And it's crazy. So, like, look, people are realizing that with all the need for live sports, that fighting is very, very popular. It is is a reason why the UFC got the deal that it did with ESPN, even with their ratings tumbling and with their ratings not being in high standards. The other reason is people are into it. People want to see things settle via fight, even if they are a YouTube fighter. And uh, Stun Steve was explaining to me during the uh, the break about this KSI Logan Paul fight that was going down. Now, the only reason I know anything about this or why this was going down is because uh, Shannon the Cannon Briggs is in it kind of like as a side promoter. Like he was at the he was at the first press conference where these guys were going at it, you know, separated. He kind of held me back on both of these dudes to uh, who were going at it. And so Logan Paul, for those who don't know, he's a YouTuber. The last thing of of infamy that you'd probably know, and I think he was the dude who went to the Japanese suicide force. I don't know if that was him or his brother. That, and, was, that was him. Okay. So, and what basically happened was they caught somebody who committed suicide on camera and basically showed it. And he, there was a lot of backlash and fallout from this. But apparently, so he has, does he have natural beef with this dude, KSI? Or they just realize that this is, uh, this is something that people are into where they could just see their personalities fight. Yeah, it's all phony. All phony. Yeah. Did you watch any of this yesterday? Hell no. I watched a little bit, which what I thought was the main event, but apparently it turned out to be their little brother, their little brothers fighting each other. Now, I couldn't tell because they were both wearing headgear, so I didn't know who was who because Logan Paul and his brother look exactly alike. Um, so I, I, I watched like a round of it and I'm just like, I'm out for this. But it apparently ended in a majority draw, which of course it did because before this even went into it, it was a two fight deal. This one went in Manchester. I mean, people were into it. It was 21,000 fans screaming their heads off for this bout, but people seemingly are pissed about it all over the internet because it ended in majority draw. I don't know what to tell you guys. Cop um, out. Cop out, I guess, man. I don't know. It's it's one of these things where I hate to hate on fight promotion because I, I, I like the fact that people can buy into anything no matter what the level of fight 
uh, people like to see these things settled in the ring. The other, but the thing that is a bummer about it is you can kind of smell a rat from a mile away when it comes to these YouTube fights or these celebrity fights. If it comes to something like this, because they'll do it all over again. Um, but twenty-one thousand is a lot of people, and apparently they said that you know I saw some numbers that they thought this could do, you know, just under a million pay-per-view buys, even if it was just for ten bucks on YouTube. Um, it's going to generate a lot of money. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people also pirated it yesterday who didn't even want to pay the 10 bucks for it. So it's it's one of these things that I don't really want to sit here and urinate all over it, even though I really didn't have interest in watching it, because if you have interest in watching it, good for you, I guess. I don't know. It's not my cup of tea. I'd rather watch you know, more so um, guys who put everything they can into it or see guys who are on the up and up that interested me more in seeing dudes who are just settling beef. But I understand why I can understand, even though it being a joke to most people, why it is popular. These guys are YouTube stars um, watching the pre-packaged video of it. They do a good job. They're great at, edi- uh, at video editing. They can make, you can make anything seem legit or seem like it has some kind of bite to it. They make it just as good as 24 seven does. Basically. They basically made their own version of it on each of their channels. Yeah. They, they basically had a fight package and it was like, a twenty four seven. People episode. are into, look. People are into watching the barstool guys fight each other at rough and rowdy. I, I don't know what to tell you. People like watching people fight, and it's just it, when there's a price is when they're kind of like, eh. yeah. But you know, nobody wants to go not get their heads knocked in for free. Look, the other thing that went viral this weekend. I don't know whoever. I'm sure I put this up on my Instagram page at Brennan underscore Tobin, but it's been everywhere. It's not like I stumbled upon this. Um, this dude at. Uh, P- Premier Boxing Champions, Curtis Harper. This is going absolutely crazy this weekend because he was supposed to fight this monster heavyweight, F.A. Ajagba, who is, you know, a-, a hot prospect. He's a giant dude, 6-0. and And Curtis Harper is kind of one of those regional guys who is 13-6. and he's got, a- he's got a journeyman's record um, and-, and was supposed to be this showcase for F.A., and what basically went down was they're in Minnesota and they're about to start the fight. The ref gives them the instructions. Bing, bing. And as soon as the, re- the, ring, the, uh, the bell sounds, Curtis Harper's like, I'm out. Walks out of the ring, up the ramp, out of the arena. And everybody just left their flabbergasted. Like, what, 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 what is this? And Richard Schaefer, who I believe used to be the head of uh, HBO Boxing, you know, he's like, well, this shows that. F.A. Jogba is the next big thing. He is he is so feared that men don't even want to fight him. It's just like, well, that's not what the story says. The story says that whoever promoted this fight really shorted Curtis Harper some money, and he's not happy about it. Now, this is tough. This is this is a for for from a couple standpoints. One, Curtis Harper, if he feels like he's getting screwed by a promoter, that's obviously not great. You know, a lot of these guys and and people don't hear these stories. They fought on these regional circuits, and fighters are greatly underpaid for them, uh, especially a dude here who is going to be fighting one of their feature guys who's basically supposed to be there as a showcase. Yeah, it's not great that he's that he feels like he's getting hosed on it. I still haven't found the details of the contract, so I don't know what he was getting paid. I do know that the commission is probably not going to pay him. They're probably going to suspend him, but from his comments to reporters afterwards, he doesn't care about that, that he just wanted to make the statement that hey, I was getting financially screwed for this fight and I didn't want to take a beating from this this monstrosity of a man for what I thought was not worth it. And 
that's obviously one of those things that's easy to rip because everybody's there to see a show. You agreed to a fight. You agreed to a date. And seemingly, even if you thought you were, quote, unquote, getting screwed, um, you went through weigh-ins. And normally, if you went through weigh-ins, it's assumed that you know what the contract is. You know what you signed up for. And so even if you're just there to take a punch and then go down or just take a shot to the body and then go down, uh, the fact that you didn't even let a punch get thrown is crazy. The fight ended in disqualification. Um, I've seen mixed reviews from everybody. I've seen people who, who can kind of understand that it was a middle finger to the man. I've seen fighters who thought it was cowardly and, and thought it was the worst thing that they've ever seen and a disgrace. And this is tough from, from a couple of standpoints because, look, it's it's great that Curtis Harper thinks that he can go and make a statement and leave, you know, F.A. in the, in the ring. Look at a fool because he's not able to fight anybody. But the one thing that does suck is I'm sure that uh, Ajagba was able to put in a whole training camp. He's obviously trying to move along his career. And that's the other thing that's tough. You know, a lot of these prospects and, and a lot of fighters, they have such trouble getting fights that as much as uh, a, a, a noble gesture as it is, I guess, for Curtis to make this grand statement about fighter fighter pay or mostly for his pay getting screwed, you know, Jogba trained very hard for that fight. He's trying to make his way, and, and it's hard for boxers to get fights. That's that's the other thing, you know. For for guys who are trying to move up, especially a Jabba who's in the heavyweight division, it's hard fighting heavyweight fighters to begin with. It's hard fighting finding any fighters to begin with. You've heard it on, on our show. You know, a guy like Dia Davis stressed the, the difficulty of guys willing to fight him, and that's very frustrating. So if a Jabba has been putting in all this work, to finally get somebody in the ring to move his record up, even if it is a guy who maybe isn't that impressive on his resume, he still needs to get those rounds. He still needs to get that experience. He still needs to get his record to a certain point. And so I guess Schaefer's going to be able to to pull in the uh, in the uh, aftermath of this all if Ajagba does become a big deal. He's the only man to have a man actually walk out of the ring. Yeah, it'll, it'll look good, I guess, in 24-7 a decade from now or, you know, five years from now. But for right now, it's very frustrating. Um, so I, I get what Curtis Harper's trying to do because, look, it, it's no secret that a lot of these dudes are getting screwed on the on the smaller shows. And especially it's, it's very frustrating because, you know, this was a PBC card. And though it's had its issues, this is on Fox Sports 1. It's on a, it's on a big brand. These, fight, these fighters should be funded. If you're, having, if you're having that kind of a network funding or or giving you the rights to broadcast their bouts there shouldn't be any fighter pay issues here and so that is uh that's discouraging to hear from curtis harper but it's 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 it is hard to take his side on this from the standpoint of other than it being hilarious to see a dude just left in the ring i do see it from a job standpoint of why that is that is a pain in the butt now ultimately I think that this will, as you can already see from his promoter standpoint, spin the wheels of of being for his fight promotion later on down the road. He's the only guy to have a guy up and leave him in the ring. Probably will go a lot further than he bludgeoned Curtis Harper over a couple rounds. It, it will. Um, but even still, he does put in those rounds. He does put in that hard work. You know, we had Tyrone Spong in studio this week on the, on the show with Leroy and Beast. And... You know, Tyron was explaining how 
I was I, I had in my notes that he was fighting this dude who's undefeated from the Dominican Republic. He's like, yeah, that dude just dropped out. I got a new guy. That's wildly frustrating for Tyron that he has to all of a sudden switch gears into a new opponent. And, you know, ultimately he's a pro and he'll probably adjust and and hopefully have great success against whoever the new guy is. But even still, you go into these things thinking that I am getting ready for such and such opponent with this record, with these credentials, with this style, and it's switched up on you on a whim. And so that's why what Curtis Harper doing what he did, it it is a bunch of things. It is funny. Um, it is interesting that he makes a statement that way, but it is also selfish. Um, it is also it is also discouraging to do that to your fellow um boxer to just up and leave him in in what was agreed upon bout and now he isn't able to get that win he isn't able to not uh, add a knockout to his resume he isn't able to um have a contest after training all those weeks and lifting all those weights so it was uh it was an interesting watch but it is that is uh that was that was sweeping that was sweeping the the headlines this past week so many good memes though so many good memes i mean like Look, that for that alone, uh, Curtis Harper should be applauded and be given uh, extra pay from Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff. But um, from the fight standpoint, it is uh, it, it's it leaves you with a bunch of things that that are frustrating um, from a fan's perspective. But that is it is it does expose it from this side that it is interesting. Like when you think you see a guy on premier boxing champions on Fox sports one, you probably think that dude is getting paid handsomely. And that's not the case. Like a lot of these guys, they're not just doing it because it is a way to get money. Uh, a lot of them do it because they have a grand love for this sport and they're putting everything that they can into it. They're risking a lot for your entertainment. And so when he's in that ring against a dude, who's, you know, six, five looks like he can knock your block off. Looks like they carved him out of granite. And He's just like, what am I? What am I getting paid? You know, three hundred dollars for this fight? Pfft, out. It's crazy. I'm not saying that it did make three hundred dollars. I'm just, you know, throwing a, an estimate of how much would it take for you to get into that ring and and just take a couple shots. You know, I had people on Instagram saying, put me in there if it's Mayweather. Yeah, look, a lot of us would go in there and would take shots for Mayweather if it meant, you know millions of dollars i'm guaranteeing you this guy didn't make millions of dollars i don't even know if this guy made tens of thousands of dollars i don't know um but that part to me is interesting in this as well though i i do believe it was a selfish move on harper's stamp uh from harper's perspective you do have to understand that a lot of these guys just because you see them on television does not mean that they are getting paid handsomely that that part of the sport does have to be realized and 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 hopefully that can register with a lot of you guys that when he does what he does it's hilarious it's meme worthy it um it, it is entertaining but there's there's these other but also there's these other sides to it as well it's it, and maybe not even just but there's and and there's also these other weird sides to it as well that you have to keep in mind so a lot of crazy stuff going down youtube fights bare knuckle fights dudes leaving the ring um, as far as the fights that really went down this past week, UFC Lincoln, we had that going down yesterday, and the big story out of it was Justin Gaethje by far. Justin Gaethje was at a big, big time, uh, big crossroads coming into this fight. You know, it was a guy that had one loss coming into the UFC, 
and he gets into the match against James Vick. And this is what everybody was kind of writing on on Justin Gaethje, and this is how fleeting fighting can be. You know, Justin Gaethje comes into this fight, and everybody is really looking at it as, all right, if he doesn't win here, then what? And, you know, he comes into the UFC, excuse me, he comes into the UFC undefeated, 18-0, World Series of Fighting Champion. He has an incredible fight of the year with Michael Johnson, and you know, nearly loses that fight, but comes back and beats Michael Johnson. And everybody's right. Wow. J- Justin Gaethje is the guy. He is the new entertaining factor here in UFC. Then he goes out and he has two absolutely entertaining fights with Eddie Alvarez and Dustin Poirier. And they were great. And they were, they were very entertaining that he was in there as a punching bag, but those guys beat him up pretty badly. You know, he was able to give some back, but ultimately, both of those guys put in really, really brutal, brutal shots against Justin Gaethje. And so he gets into this fight with James Vick, and everybody's kind of worried for Justin Gaethje. Like, has he just been put into a, a situation where he's swimming in too deep of waters? Can his style of just coming forward and taking punishment and outwilling his opponents, can that win here in the UFC? And with James Vick, he had a guy who is very tough for that division, 6'3", has a, a, a huge reach, and just to get you walk right through it and flatlined him. Flatlined him. Very, very... This is the one thing you could say about Justin Gaethje. If you think he is championship level on the UFC, I think that's still up for debate. You're talking about... And, and also, we're talking about the best division in the promotion. But if this guy isn't the most fan-friendly fighter out there I don't know who is I mean to me it feels like Justin Gaethje's almost taken the torch from Robbie Lawler who to me was the most fan-friendly fighter if you want to talk about dude who every time he steps into the cage you're pretty much guaranteed it's going to be an amazing spectacle of mixed martial arts because of the kind of punishment he'll put his body through and the kind of punishment he'll dish out Justin Gaethje to me is is almost taking that torch from Robbie Lawler because it's not just that He's willing to take punishment. It's the punishment that he can go and dish out. Now, is he going to be able to take this, some of the different things that we're able to see from him, fight a little bit smarter, still dish out some vicious, vicious stuff to his opponent? Is he able to take this and run forth with it? Is he able to to be a little bit better version of himself now that he is in, in there with absolute sharks, in there with absolute monsters, well-rounded opponents who can who can deal from the bottom of the deck and really give you different looks every time you go in there. That remains to be seen. But what is what 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 this win does signify? If he was able to, if he if it was three straight losses for Justin Gaethje, I don't know if he's main eventing anymore. I don't know. I think I think that it would have taken some time for him to get back in there. But what this does show is, look, every time he fights in there, everyone's going to want to see this guy perform. Everybody. He, he's just, he's that captivating of a fighter and what he's able to put forth in the ring. And so for him to get this win over James Vick to flatline him the way he did, you know, he immediately calls out Tony Ferguson and Tony Ferguson has an opponent. We'll get to that next segment. Um, to think that a guy wants those challenges and wants to be on the cusp of the, the championship level after he's been in the kind of brutal fights that he's been in, it's hard 
not to get behind him as a real star of the sport. And so awesome performance by Justin Gaethje, who's able to shut up a lot of people for the time being with his win over James Vick. And we'll see what comes from, from, uh, from Gaethje in the coming fights. We're back after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. Welcome back, everybody. Tobin here with you on Fighters Fury. Yesterday at UFC Lincoln that was going down, UFC Fight Night. And want to give a shout-out to Jake Ellenberger. He took a loss to Brian Barberini yesterday. TKO loss and dropped his record to 31-15 and 15 for Jake Ellenberger. He has been getting pummeled his last bunch of fights and you know he's got two wins basically since 2013 so understandable why he wants to hang it up but always a very entertaining veteran for the UFC he put forth good fights and so just want to wish him the best also a couple sick things that went down yesterday but especially Eric Anders who was looking to bounce back in his fight he had a monster head kick KO win over Tim Williams in the last 30 seconds of his fight it was close uh, Williams had uh, one of his hands. It came up basically at the same time that Anders was hitting him with the head kick. It was absolutely brutal to watch. So those are the kind of the headlines and the highlights that went down yesterday. Now, when it comes to the title picture at 155 with the UFC, we had a couple good things that went down this week. Number one, Conor McGregor started in on his trolling of Khabib Nurmagomedov, which is outstanding. It's not a world tour for the uh, not a world tour for this one. But you want to see Connor in his rarest form. How is he going to try and get into Khabib's head? How is he going to try and tweak Nurmagomedov going into this bout? Because, look, Khabib can sit there and talk all he wants about how, listen, send me location, anytime, anywhere, not to be chicken, okay? No need bus, no need throw dolly, all right? Send me, send me location, and we, and we fight. I, I must make him humble. That's all good to see. But what is it really going to be when Conor McGregor starts getting personal, starts jabbing at you, starts calling out your nationality, starts calling out your father like he did this week, when he starts tweaking those little parts where you don't even think he's going to go to going into this bout? How is it really going to affect you going into this fight? Because we all think that, ah, I'm not going to get bothered by it, that Conor McGregor is going to be able to just brush it aside, no big deal. Uh, I, I could put this on. Everybody says the same thing. But for the most part in the UFC, really only Nate Diaz has been able to act like it's been no big deal. Everybody else, they seemingly affect the way they fight, the way they go down. Eddie Alvarez is a great example. Eddie Alvarez never gets shook going into these fights. Never. He is. He's seen it all. He's done it all. Most violent man in UFC. The guy's the underground king. Bellator champion. And yet, you go back and you watch what Eddie Alvarez was like in that fight with Conor McGregor. You're like, who is that guy? Who is that guy that just was allowing himself to get rifled with left hands, left, 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 again, put down, put down, put down. You know, Jose Aldo, one of the best fighters on the planet, pound for pound, a, a, a supreme martial artist, yet got on the world tour with Conor McGregor, was picked at, picked at, picked at. The fight got put off. Gets in that fight with Conor McGregor, runs into a monster left hand. Dustin Poirier, a guy who, like we've said on this show, if he's in any other weight class, we'll probably have three title shots by now with how good he's been. But the last loss that he had was to Conor McGregor. You're like, man, 
How do we underappreciate how effective this guy is with what he says, with what he comes through with? You know, so all these things that we come through, it's been, it, it really, really is so impressive to watch what Connor's able to do. And so when he gets in there with Khabib, will these things work? Is Khabib going to be true to his word where he says, send me a location. We must make him humble. No big deal. Or with those little tweaks about how how good he is nationally or or those, or those how valuable he is to the Russians or what is uh, what his father's role plays in this. Remember, Khabib's already on there. He's chirping about getting his dad over here and getting his dad a visa from Donald Trump. Will Conor go that regard? I don't know. I don't know. But you think about it, mixed martial arts, been only able to 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 not work on one dude was Nate Diaz. And remember, he had seven days with Nate Diaz, and then Nate Diaz had the uh, the great the great benefit of getting to face Conor McGregor coming off a win, which none of his uh, none of his opponents have really been able to have in the UFC. So that'll be interesting. Now, the other great thing that went down this week, Tony Ferguson is back. That's huge. Tony Ferguson is an insane person. He is an absolute psychopath. The fact that I mean. If you saw this injury, I don't know if anybody in our audience, I'm sure some of you have, but do yourself a favor if you haven't. Go look up Tony Ferguson knee injury scar on Google and see what the hell his knee looked like just a couple of months ago. It's disgusting. It's, it is it, it is an earthworm of a scar that's on there. It is just material. The fact that Tony Ferguson is going to be ready to fight in about six weeks is crazy. He's crazy. But the fact also, the hope, the hope is that Tony Ferguson will be ready to go on the same night as Connor and Khabib is huge. Keep these guys on the same timeline. Keep him in the mix for the title. And most importantly, and this can't be over, this can't be overlooked, keep Tony there as a backup in case. Really, Khabib doesn't make weight because Conor always makes weight. I got a hard time believing that Conor McGregor is not going to make the walks of that ring. I mean, look, you know, knock on fake wood here in the in the studio because Conor always makes the walk no matter what. Khabib, you know, he's had his times where he's missed weight. He's, he's had his times where he's gotten injured. Hopefully that's all past him and that doesn't happen. But if he's not able to make the walk, the fact that they'll be able to put Conor up against Tony Ferguson is still a legitimate championship fight. Here's the thing that's going to be weird about it, though. They stripped Tony Ferguson for tearing his knee up, which was kind of messed up. You know, I get it. You're the interim champion, and you're basically there in place of the champion should the champion not be able to fight. But then they had Khabib fight for the actual lightweight championship. Which to me seems dumb. He should also be an interim champion until Conor McGregor comes back or until the interim champion can fight him and they can unify it. But the fact that that Khabib has the quote-unquote undisputed lightweight championship is kind of goofy. I mean, he beat Ally Aquinta to get there. And that's not a shot at Ally Aquinta. I love Ally Aquinta. He's a fun fighter. But that's what he is. He's a fun fighter. He's not a championship caliber fighter right now. He's not been in the mix for the titles. And he was basically plan 11 when it came to the failed weigh-ins and the injury troubles that went down. And so if Khabib isn't able to make this fight 
if he doesn't fight Conor McGregor, if he does have a weight issue, if he does have an injury, does Khabib get stripped? Because that only seems fair on the level of where we are. Like, are you really going to end up having Conor and Tony fight for an interim title? Because that's what's end- that that's what would the plan would be. You know, if for some reason Conor can't fight, it's Tony versus Khabib and we actually get that fight. I, that, I guess, would be for the undisputed title because that's the, the title that Khabib has. But in the more likely scenario that Khabib can't go, do they fight for an interim belt? That's just weird. So you're going to tell me that the former undisputed champion, Conor McGregor, who never lost his belt in the octagon, only lost it to inactivity to go make the UFC money against fighting Floyd Mayweather, it's it's it's, uh, it's it's almost hysterical saying it out loud. He is going to fight Tony for the interim title, which Tony really never lost, except that he tore up his knee. It It's almost like a riddle. Like, it, it melts your head the way you try and think about it. So these guys are going to be fighting for what is not the legitimate title. I just... This is the problem with interim titles. And I've gotten less upset about them as the years have gone on because they become more commonplace in the promotion. Like, I get the point of having them. You want to have some kind of reward at the end of the night for UFC. You want to make it seem like it means something. You don't want it to just be words. You want something tangible for the fans to see. But this is the issue with doing them at all times is you just are making up the rules as you go along. And so Khabib somehow has the undisputed title for fighting Ally Aquinta, but Tony only had an interim title for beating Kevin Lee, who's a higher prospect and a higher-ranked fighter than Ally Aquinta in the first place. Connor's the real undisputed champion. He took it off the shoulder of Eddie Alvarez, but because he was there making tens of millions of dollars for the UFC, boxing Floyd Mayweather, and was busy doing that, he loses his title. It just... It, it's, it's almost like this weird Rubik's Cube of a riddle anyway. Putting that all aside, let's just say we go about this and we get through Connor versus Khabib and everything goes off according to plan. Tony versus Anthony Pettis is an awesome fight. It was great seeing Anthony Pettis perform the way he did the last time he was in the ring, in the, in the octagon. Um, it's going to be interesting. What kind of Tony Ferguson are we going to see? The fact that this guy is healing like the Adrian Peterson in mixed martial arts, that it took him no time to come back from an LCL tear that looked like, it just looked gruesome. Like, just basically, look, I'm not a doctor. I'm just telling you, looking at a lot of scars over our time watching the sport, the thing that Tony Ferguson had on his leg looked diabolical. It's like nothing we've seen before. And the fact that he's ready to go in just a couple months' time is is wild. He's an insane person, and we know that his training tight. That's why... It's why the way his injury happened is so strange, you know? This is a guy who's out there kicking trees, kicking metal rods, training like nobody trains. He trains He trains like a psychopath, builds his own gyms, builds his own equipment. And the fact that his injury occurred the way it did is so stunning. But nevertheless, him versus Anthony Pettis is a fun, fun fight. Especially if we get the Anthony Pettis that we saw this last time out, that we, saw, that we see the Anthony Pettis that was able to get off the schneid, that was able to get off his losing streak ways, and I just think adds some excitement to this to this card for sure. 
and his win over Michael Chiesa, the fight that was supposed to happen back at 223. You know, I don't know what it was with Anthony Pettis and what has deviated off into him having this this hard run, but he's really run the gamut as far as, you know, tried change in weight classes. But at one point, people thought Anthony Pettis was going to be the thing for the UFC and was looked upon as one of the best fighters pound for pound on the planet. He was the reigning champion at the toughest division in the UFC. So him versus Tony, look, I'm not brushing aside what we see from Anthony Pettis, but, but Tony Ferguson is such a badass. I mean, this guy, he hasn't been losing fights. He's been on a tremendous win streak. And the only thing that's been able to stop him is a loose cable wire lately. The thing that you just got to wonder with Tony, I think we all have to just look at this thing and say, all right, over this time span of his nine-fight win streak or his 10-fight win streak, what kind of Tony Ferguson are we going to get? Because he's basically going to be a year removed from fighting the next time he steps into the octagon, and he also has a major knee injury that he's recovering from. So is it going to be a confidence issue? Is he going to be able to shake that off like it's nothing? I would say if he's fight ready this quickly, confidence shouldn't be an issue. This is a, this is a guy who is tried and true and has been through the absolute gauntlet when it comes to the fight game. If he wins this fight, though, against Anthony Pettis, obviously if Khabib beats him, Khabib versus Tony has to be made again. Has to be, even though it's a cursed fight. It's a cursed fight. If... Connor, if Connor wins this fight, I want to see Connor versus Tony too. I don't want to see this deviate off into the GSP fight. Will Connor call out GSP? Probably. I mean, probably he is. Connor, Connor is, Connor is a, a monster star who wants to make as much money as possible before he gets out of this thing. But GSP doesn't deserve that fight, man. He doesn't. Especially over the act that he pulled at 185, where he beats Michael Bisbing and drops the belt immediately. And thankfully, that was one of the times where the interim title actually worked out because thankfully, they had the interim strap on Robert Whitaker at the time. So thankfully, it didn't bite them in the ass too bad and everybody kind of looked at Robert Whitaker and said, you know what, this guy is a deserving champion anyway. But I just don't want GSP's act to be a one-man show where he fights Connor at 155, wins the belt, and then what? He drops it again? And so now we're stuck in this... It just feels like... In a weird way, it would feel like 155 would never get back off the canvas again. If, if GSP were to pull that move and he were to beat Conor McGregor at 155 pounds and win the belt from him officially, I don't know if if Lightweight would be able to get back its ways credi- credibly, you know? I think, I think 205 is dealing a little bit with that right now, where... Right now, the reigning champion is DC. He's an inactive champion, but he's also the champion that never beat John Jones, never beat the man. And it feels like until John Jones goes to 205 and either somebody beats him or he completes his legacy there until he vacates, I don't know if we'll really feel like anybody is really the man at 205. You know, a lot of the times these things work out themselves, and as, as fight fans, we, we, we anoint who the guy will be. But if you have George St. Pierre go in there and win the lightweight title from Conor McGregor and and not give a chance to Tony Ferguson or Khabib or Dustin Poirier or Eddie Alvarez or Justin Gaethje 
or Kevin Lee, if none of these guys get the chance to fight George St. Pierre, there's going to be this void that is left there. And you're going to have to ask yourself, was it worth it doing GSP versus Connor? I almost think, it, you know, if we get into this situation and you're Connor McGregor and you beat Khabib, I think that the UFC should, if they're going to do the Connor George St. Pierre fight, do it at a catchweight. I think that would be better and more responsible. Do it at 160. Do it at some new weight class that they make up. They've been talking about these weight classes forever. Have GSP versus Connor be the inaugural 165 champion or some bleep like that. Um, and if you do that, I think it's almost more responsible than having George fight Connor at 155 pounds and eventually it just getting vacated and left. I think that would be I think that would be a real, real shame for that to happen to what right now is the best division that the sport has to offer. But we'll see. There's a lot of steps to go on between. Khabib's got to make weight. We gotta have Connor versus Khabib, which is only six weeks out. We gotta see who wins and where the chips lie from there. But it's exciting nonetheless. So We'll see what goes down, man. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. We're a couple weeks out from UFC 228. Till versus uh, Till versus Woodley. So we'll get into that also. And things are starting to get back into the fold. I mean, we're uh, only a couple weeks out, three weeks out from Triple G versus Canelo. It's uh, it's going to be a fun time for fight fans. Want to remind everybody, thanks again to uh, to Wagner Rocha for stopping by the show today. If you guys want to do a cool thing, the uh, XFN 21 is going down today. Coral Springs Marriott Convention Center. They are raising money for the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas wrestling team. Uh, you can get your tickets at xfnfights.com. Uh, I'll be down there today watching that out. Then this week locally, uh, you got yourself Brawl at the Beach going down at West Palm Beach. Tyrone Spong, our guy, he's going to be fighting there, looking to go to 12-0. and 0. Uh, We'll be at that. And our guy, Daya Davis, and all the crew there from Delray Boxing, uh, Steve Gaffard, Bang Williams, our boy Derek Santos training. He's got a, a bunch of his stable fighting on that card as well at the uh, Seminole Casino in Coconut Creek. That's going down on Saturday. And go to uh, Daya Davis's Instagram page. I know that's probably that, that's, our, that's our guy, so you'll get tickets through him. Uh, Daya underscore Ali on Instagram that way, and that's going down on Saturday night. So a busy, busy local fight week as well, and we'll have it all covered for you next week on Fighters Fury. Everybody have a great rest of your day. Also, one more plug. Uh, Twin Peaks and Davey, if you guys are into fantasy, Register the TicketMiami.com and go get some knowledge from John Clayton, Jamie Eisenberg, and get some good food at Twin Peaks, eat drinks, and scenic views, all that nonsense. All right, I'm out of here. Everybody have a great rest of your Sunday. We'll talk to you tomorrow. What's up, guys? As we were saying, as we wrapped up the show today, there's a lot of local fights that are coming up. One of them is going to be Brawl at the Beach. A&T Promotions is putting that on. It's going to be at the Palm Beach County Convention Center. Our guy, Tyrone Spong, he is looking to go to 12-0. and Tyrone joined us on Tobin Leroy and Beast this week on 790 The Ticket. He came in studio on Thursday, talked about um, what his life has been like since the last time we got to speak with Tyrone, um, getting a chance to audition for Creed 2. He talked about going to the UFC Performance Institute, a little bit of uh, possibilities of joining Zufa Boxing. And mostly we talked about his, uh, his hope to rise in the heavyweight division, got a chance to train with Luis Ortiz down here in Miami. And we know that Luis Ortiz was close to being the WBC champion of the world. So where does Tyron thinks he stack? Where does Tyron think he stacks up now amongst the best in the world? He's always a fascinating guy to talk to. So I wanted to add it here for the podcast for our listeners who maybe um, you know if you guys don't tune into my stuff on the midday show, if you just are fight fans, I know you'll love hearing from Tyron Spong. Here's the interview. 
Well, Tyrone's going to be back in the ring next week. You're going to be week. at the uh, the Palm Beach County Convention Center, Brawl at the Beach. It's going down. You guys can get tickets at antpromotions.com. Looking to go to 12-0, and 0, man. We haven't talked to you since you uh, you got that 11th win notched. Correct. And I watched that fight, man. You put a hellacious beating on dude. He he, he didn't see what was coming. You were coming from all angles on him. How, how have you felt um, since that fight and, and going into this one? Man, a lot a lot has uh, happened since that fight. Uh, I have an amazing team surrounding me, uh, great managers, uh, promoter, anti-promotions. Um, and as a boxer, you know, I feel great. I, I get better. Every day I feel I get better. I have a hell of a coach, Pedro Diaz, uh, from Mundo Boxing, uh, working on my craft every day, yeah. you know, it, it, and it takes a lot of hard work and dedication, and I'm putting all I have into it. Well, we saw, I saw you on social media. You were doing some sparring with Luis Ortiz, and last time we talked to you, you were talking about, like, the goal is to be the uni- the unified heavyweight champ. You want to be Correct. the best of the best. I mean, this guy was a couple rounds away from being the, the WBC champ. champion. I mean, Correct. he put, he put a, a hell of a fight for Deontay Wilder. Correct. Getting to work with him, how do you feel you stand now with amongst the best in the world? Um, it does a lot for your confidence as a boxer, uh, uh, enormous boost, you know, because like you said, you're, you're sparring with an elite level boxer, probably arguably the, the best technical heavyweight boxer out there now. And, uh, I did very well. Um, and it's just a validation of where I stand as a boxer now. So it's just, um validation of of, yeah. of where i am so you, you you're in the business i'm i'm in the business man no, you I'm gave in him the business, business though like did <laughs> man you, I re, you know, we, I know we, is it, or is it like jim secrets jim secrets and you. respect and nothing but respect and a shout out to luis ortiz for for giving me the work and and letting me work with him and uh it, it helps me but at the same time i know that i'm helping him too you know so um it was good when you get to that level when you start boxing him and he's sparring with him Something will happen. You go, ooh, I ain't there yet. I got to keep working because, you know, a trick or something like that or, you know. You... No, 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 no. It, it, if anything, it was more like, okay, I'm there. You... But at the same time, I give him his respect and his props because, like mm-hmm. I said, he's just one of the best, heavy, like the best technical boxer to me, you mm-hmm. know, in my opinion. And um, just to be able to train with him and compete with him, it, it, it did a lot of good things for me. We saw a couple months ago you were at the UFC Performance Center. Yeah. And the last time we talked to you, you were upset because uh, Francis Ngannou had taken your power punching record at yeah. the Performance Center. Did you get a chance to, to go get it back, or were you just they, there for business? They, I was there for business, but they didn't want me to hit it. What? they know I'm, I'm going to embarrass the oh. whole UFC. <laughs> get <laughs> out of here. <laughs> they no, they no. barred you? No, no. <laughs> we, we, we didn't even get there. But um, next time I'm, I'm going in, I'll probably hit it just to set the record straight. So what was the scoopage there, man? What were you uh, – because I know, like, the UFC is de- – you know, Dana White's talked about getting into boxing was, was – was that the the idea there? Were you going there for for boxing stuff? Was there UFC stuff? What was the deal? For boxing stuff, but like I said, my my manager uh, and and promoter that I have right now are amazing people. Yeah. I have the best team, you know, Andy Perez from A and T Promotions. But uh, we're definitely looking to do some big collaborations in the future. That's pretty cool. 
Uh, you guys can catch Tyron Spong. He is going to be at Brawl at the Beach next Friday at the Palm Beach County Convention Center. Get your tickets at antpromotions.com. You're taking on Francisco Silvins. He's 23 0. He, he backed out. He, he backed, backed out? out? Yeah, he backed Get out. out. Wow. So what? I, have, I have a new opponent. And, uh, hey, man. His name That's is be wildly frustrating. Santander Silgado from Colombia. And um, yeah, it, it is, but in the boxing world, man. You know, you gotta expect it all. And uh, now I'm, I'm, I'm like I always say, I'm just focusing on myself. Yeah. And and making sure that I'm ready for whatever. So right now, I'm just focusing uh, on myself and and make sure that I'm ready for whoever. It, it might change. You don't know who's gonna show up, but I know that I'm showing up. So major shout out to my manager, uh, Marcos Gonzalez and yeah. Lily Perez, and uh, my promoter Andy. Perez and you guys, everybody, we're bringing boxing back to South Florida, and uh, this is uh, just the start. This event is gonna be amazing. We got four title fights. Uh, I'm the co- uh, I'm the main event. The co-main event is is a title fight as well. Uh, Manny Ceballos is fighting. Yes, and he he's he's the real deal. So uh, everybody has to come and support. And um, if you if you like organized violence, just come check it out. We like that. We were at a yeah. we had a card about. What was it like a couple weeks ago? Oh, yeah, at, the at the Hard Rock. At the Hard Rock. Yeah, yeah. And, so uh, we've been into it. It's been it's been awesome seeing boxing come back to South Florida, man. It's been it's been a missing void for a while. Yeah. Um, what does it mean to you to be able to fight? This is where you live. This is this is your home. Your 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 adopted home. What do you think about getting a chance to to not have to travel to go anywhere? Man, for I'm 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 more than happy. You know, I'm I'm just very excited to perform for my Floridians here. Put on a great show, and like I said, we're going to bring boxing back to South Florida. We're really going to bring it back. So you talked about having that, that time with Luis Ortiz and it, it being a bit of a validation for you. You feel like you're on the right track. Do you have a timetable in mind? Because I know, like, every, I bet you'd want to be in there with the top guys right now. Yeah. But I know that boxing can be frustrating because of the businesses and the politics and all that nonsense. But do you do you have a good track in your mind of where you can get in there because you're now number 10 by the WBO yes. you're not far away I'm not it doesn't, far it doesn't away feel at all. very far away I'm not far away at all and you know I'm a fighter they could put Wilder uh Joshua whoever they I I could fight them next week I don't care you know I'm ready but the business has to be ready the people have to be ready like you said there's a lot of politics but as always I'm going to keep knocking them out until they can't avoid me and they can't go around me anymore. You know, that's how I've done it my whole life, you know, and I got the right people now and we're going to make it happen. You've, because you're, you're so accomplished in uh, in kickboxing, I think, what was it, 10 world titles in 10 kickboxing? 10 world titles, yeah. Uh, that's, all, that's all it was, 10, 10, 10 world titles that's in kickboxing. That's it, that's it. Um, that's nothing. There's been guys in, in kickboxing now that are that are kind of coming to the forefront, like, you know, Dillian White, Jarrell Miller, but you got way more accomplishments than them in kickboxing. Does that does that give anything to knowing that this this is going to translate? It's going to go well. Like if you see those guys are knocking on the door of the top five, yeah. that you you are definitely a monk there who belong. No, those guys are definitely the top in the in the heavyweight right now. But as kickboxers, I gotta stop you right there because that that's you not, know not, it's not no comparison. It's not even close. You know, it's it's like saying uh some guy that that you know on on his weekends he plays some football and then he's an NFL player he's not an NFL player he's just a <laughs> hobbyist you know these guys they dabbled they, yeah this was they, your they, life. They, they they did some stuff but not on that level with all due respect yeah. but as boxers they're right there 
you know so i want to be the first ever to be the real thing i'm a certified 10 time world champion in six different weight classes and now i'm knocking on the door as a as a as a heavyweight boxer that's something that nobody accomplished yet and i'm i'm going to just cement myself by becoming the heavyweight champion we're talking to Tyron Spong in studio uh the last time we had you in here we were talking about the iguana hunting oh yeah. you no, were you here before after he caught that he dead iguana no 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 he it was, was a he caught a frozen iguana it was a stuffed it was, dead it was, iguana it was 40 degrees the iguana me. wasn't even fighting you guys don't even know but he called me before that he's like yo can, can i grab it is it not gonna I'm like, he's dead. You could grab him. No, 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 no. That's not true, Tom. It's a setup. That thing was vicious. That thing, that thing came back with hellacious right vengeance. It was, the, it was one of the coldest days in the history of Florida, and he caught one, and he's like, oh, look here. I'm one-handed. Like <laughs> we were at the company picnic like a month ago. Oh, we tried to corner by one. the lake, and he was trying to corner one, and that he did, he had no. Yeah, especially when they're hot like that. That's why when I catch them, I I mostly catch them during the night nighttime when they're sleeping. Yeah, but you, you can't know. see at night. Oh yeah, you put on a headlight and just grab them like that. Did you see? Uh, you know, you still got you still close with the the real Tarzan? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. First of all, that dude's blowing up. I can't believe it. Man, he's blowing up. It's crazy. He's blowing up. I'm I'm so happy for him. He's, uh, you know, this is his whole life. He's been dedicated to to this, and uh, and finally it's paying off for him. And you know, all the best to him. He deserves it. It's wild, man. Like, we had him in, like, for shortly after you were in, we had yeah. him in the studio, and now he's like, you know, they mentioned him on Kimmel. Will Smith mentioned him. It's wild. It's good. Um, It's pretty awesome. Yeah. But I saw him out. He was catching pythons the other day, and now they're talking, they're talking in the Everglades. They got Super Snake. Like, they have... The biggest. Yeah. They got so much crossbreeding that's going on. They're going super snake in the Everglades. Like, would you ever, would you ever tangle with something like that, or you don't do snakes? Listen, some people get the, but I actually, I'm, I'm about that life. I grew up like that. I'm from the jungle, you know. I am an animal. Like that, that's, it's nothing to me. I'll catch whatever. You're a wild you know? individual, man. That's, that's, that's just me. I'm about that life. Yeah, you're not about that life. No, I, I'm, no, I'm going I, with him next time. Yeah, I'm <laughs> him. Hey, hey, hey. After a super snake, sure, we're going to document Make sure it. you bring his inhaler, uh, his bug spray. Everything. His, yeah, because he... My like, boot. Yeah, his boot. boot. Yeah. Uh, you met, you met uh, Sly Stallone? While you yes. Were, uh, where was this? I was in uh, California. How'd that go down? He's tiny. That's how it went down. Man, come on, man. Hey, that's Rambo right there, man. That's my childhood hero right there. For real. Okay, but on TV, he looks huge. He looks 6'1. In real life, he's 5'7. I understand. Uh, Look, I know. All right, he's small. I understand that. Why you got to do that to Rocky Rambo? But he's a legend. That's that's, that's Rocky. That's Rambo. That's the man right there. You've been in, but you've been like uh, in situations. You have you people chant your name and thought like, is that is that still something that will take your breath away? Like meeting somebody like like that famous? Is that are you starstruck at all, or is that Mm, not that big a deal? Is it kind of cool? I'm I'm not starstruck, but you know, do I appreciate that moment for sure? Because. Hey, I'm a little kid from humble beginnings and coming out there to meet Sylvester Stallone and do an audition with him. You did an audition? In in front of him, you know, being being invited by him. Wow. That's something that, you know, it does does a lot 
emotionally for me, you know, yeah. because I know where I'm from. Yeah. So to be able to make it out of the hood and come here and and yeah, that's it, it's it's a big thing to me. But at the same time, he's just a normal person. Yeah, you know. So so you were out there for Creed. Is that what you were auditioning for? Yes, that's pretty yes, cool. Yes, yes, yes. What and do they want you to do? Like, is uh, how, how does that work? Like. Do, do they want you to run lines, or do they want to see fight stuff? How does that all go no, down? No, they, they wanted me to run lines, and um, after I did the lines, normally if they like it, they'll send you another script. But after Sly saw me, he straight up invited me, flew me over, put me in a suite, and had me do an audition in front of him in the, what is it, the MGM, I think. Mm. Uh, I don't even know, I forgot. But, uh, That's pretty cool, yeah. man. So that that was that was definitely. Uh, By the way, the only movie he'll go to the movie theater. Yeah, to yeah, see. yeah, I love. Yeah, he yeah. has made it. The only movie I'm going to movie theater to see is Creed One and Creed Two. Yeah, I love, man. I love the, I love all Rocky it's, movies, man. Of course, man. Come on, I, like I said, I I grew up with Rambo and yeah. Rocky, like the old uh of what is it VHS. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was recording it, and at first thing when I came out of school, I popped it in and. Kept watching, rewatching, rewatching until the tape like gave up. So it's like acting on the bucket list. Is that something you definitely got the itch to do now? Um, or just yes, yes. But right now my priority Boxing. is becoming the heavyweight champ of the world. That's oh, yeah, yeah. that's number one, you know. But these things they will pop up and they they come modeling and 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 acting. Yeah, of course, I'll, I'll do I it. mean, you're going to win the heavyweight, and then by that time, the rock's going to be long in the tooth. We're going to need another superstar. Actually it's not a rock. We need that, and that's, yeah. yeah. You, you see, this is my <laughs> <laughs> We're going python hunting. Go check out Tyrone Spawn, man. Brawl at the beach next Friday at the Palm Beach County Convention Center. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. Tickets are available antpromotions.com, antpromotions.com. We will uh, we'll tweet out the link so you guys can check Tyrone out as he tries to go to 12-0. Obviously, you got to keep the knockout streak going. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it my all. You know me. I show up for knockouts. And, again, you guys can't miss this. You know, it's going to be an amazing night full of exciting fights. We bring a boxing back, antipromotions, Lily Perez, Marcos Gonzalez, my manager, doing a great job with my career, and my coach Pedro Diaz from Mundo Boxing. Shout out to the whole team for getting me ready, and uh, I hope to see as many Floridians as possible. The text machine's going crazy. All these people are going to buy tickets now. Yeah. Because yeah. they're asking me for the link. They're, they want I'll all the say info. that as next Friday. It's going down August 31st, Brawl at the Beach, Palm Beach County Convention Center, which is awesome for me because it's right there in Palm Beach by my yeah. house. Something's actually really close to me this time. Um, we wish you nothing but the best, man. We're going to continue to follow the journey. Thank it's, you. Uh, it's Always. Great. No doubt. 790, yes. the ticket is my home. There you Appreciate go. it, buddy. Uh, thanks again to Tyrone for stopping in. We're back right after this. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 